You're listening to Rosemary Goes to the Mall, the saga of one woman's lonely journey around the Mall of America. I get the most rockin' parking spot today when I drive into the East parking lot. It is so close to the mall entrance, I can't believe it. Usually, it's only handicap spots that are available up front, but I just kind of zoom right in and uh, and swing right into it, and I'm really psyched because it is so much easier when you don't have to walk a mile to get to your car. So I figure this is good juju for the day, um, starting off with a good parking spot, and I have to say, I really bored myself to tears last time. I just, you know, I'd had a little break since I'd been there and I think I'd gotten to the halfway point, halfway around the mall. And I kind of let down a little bit. I didn't keep my resolve strong. I got a little soft and uh, I had built up a real way of relating to shopping that dissipated over the week and a half that I wasn't at the mall. And then when I went back last time, I really felt lost. I did not know. I did not know what to buy. I didn't know. Didn't know what I should be doing. I didn't have focus, and I really felt lost. You know, pretty much all day long. So I'm hoping that this good parking spot will um, will mean that I'm going to have a better day today. My first return is the shot shell toilet seat going back to um, Minnesota. But uh, it's kind of interesting because, you know, I feel no attachment to this whatsoever. It was just more kind of funny. And it was packed too carefully to actually take it out of the box. It was kind of taped together in a bunch of ways. So I never really got to examine it very well when I got it home. So in that way, I'm sad to see it go. But in another way, you know, $85 toilet seat, not too sad to see it go. Interestingly enough, Keith disagreed with me and he doesn't think that the point of toilet seat covers are to keep you from being able to see in the toilet. He thinks that the point of toilet seat covers is so that things don't fall in the toilet. He might be right, but I still have this feeling that part of the reason we cover our toilets is that it's somehow like um, unseemly to have the toilet seat up. So the idea is that you're sort of covering up this gross thing so that people don't have to look at it, even if it's completely clean. Anyway... When I return the travel charger for Keith's cell phone to T-Mobile, the guy is kind of hostile. And it's kind of interesting because when I bought it, he was really hugely enthusiastic. And it's sort of like if you're spending money with him, he loves you. But if you're not spending money with him, he doesn't have any time for you. It's like the potential is gone, so zero interest. Oh, well, too bad for him. I'm a nice person, and uh, that travel charger is going back. At Clark's Shoes, the uh, saleswoman remarks on my New York driver's license, and she warns me that I better get my Minnesota driver's license soon because apparently after a year, 
they you not only have to take a written test, which is why I've been avoiding it for so long, but you have to take uh, the actual driving test again, which would be hell. And I would probably fail it because, you know, you've been driving so long, you don't have any instincts left for what's actually correct. It's also really uptight here. I mean, you can get pulled over for, you know, scratching your nose when you drive past a cop. And uh, she said that she got pulled over for switching lanes too quickly. So she was in the center lane, there was a left lane, and then there was another lane to the left of that, which was a turn lane. It was completely clear. And she just zoomed over two lanes without stopping. And um, she got pulled over and the cop told her what she had done was, quote, very illegal. And uh, it was that she didn't stop for three seconds in the first lane before she went into the second lane. So you have to sit there and go one, one thousand, two, one thousand, three, one thousand. And then you're allowed to go into the left turn lane. Totally nuts. In any case, I thought that I was motivated previously by that girl telling me she got a $120 ticket or whatever it was for not having gotten a Minnesota driver's license. But clearly that didn't motivate me. But having to do the, the actual driving test again, that might be motivation enough to get my rear end down there. Now, I'm still feeling a little bit unfocused, and I'm standing outside of Lila's and wondering what my theme should be today. Lila's stands for, it, it, it's spelled L-Y-L-A-S, it stands for Love You Like a Sister. And this store is filled with Hello Kitty stuff. It's fairly overly cute to the point of, you know, wanting to vomit. But, you know, whatever. Little girls dig this stuff, and that's fine. It also has a few random things like sequined Elmo little purses and things like that. Uh, and uh, so I, I go into the store, and I'm wandering around hoping that inspiration strikes. And I'm, I don't feel like being negative today. I don't feel like being the bitchy, you know, oh, Americans are so crass kind of person today. I just feel like maybe having more fun with it. But fun for me usually means buying things for myself. And that to me feels very dangerous today because I need to stop spending money and um, I need to buy things that can be brought back and that generally speaking i don't want but the store is uh, the store is not speaking to me the things are not speaking to me so i figure okay i'm just going to i'm just going to start i'm just going to find something that i think is funny and i thought well i could buy something that is the funniest thing in every store but i'm not really sure what stores are coming up and so that doesn't necessarily make sense either in any case, I noticed that there was a Hello Kitty hair dryer, and this seems amazing to me. And it's, um, you know, a pretty expensive hair dryer too. It's like twenty six ninety five, and I, I'm like, wow, you actually would 
actually have a Hello Kitty hair dryer, you know, why not just get a normal hair dryer for less money? But I guess this is the whole branding thing. It's like, why do my kids want their toothbrushes to have Batman on them and have their toothpaste have Spider-Man when they could just have normal ones and it would be cheaper. Well, that would be great, except that what all these guys have figured out is that kids want stuff with these characters on them and they're more likely to, you know, get excited about stuff and bug their parents to buy it for them if it has those characters. And that's just the world that we live in. So whatever, Hello Kitty hasn't been one for my kids, but you can bet if, say, Garrett was way into Hello Kitty stuff that I'd be in there buying him his hairdryer in a second. So I guess um, maybe this is where I should start, is this idea of this kind of branding, you know, in this store that seems so obvious. And I think I'm going to buy something along those lines. Uh, I keep wandering around the store and it's just filled with endless crap. Uh, And I'm to the end of my loop and I come across this section which has all these other Hello Kitty products. And the one that really jumps out at me as being the most amazing thing is the Hello Kitty waffle maker. And I am going to buy this waffle maker because it is shaped like Hello Kitty. I mean, it could be a radio, it could be a handbag, but it's a waffle maker. And it has four different really cute Hello Kitty shapes inside. And you pour your waffle mix into the waffle maker and it makes incredibly cute little Hello Kitty waffles for your Hello Kitty fanatic. And I think this is just incredible. And I wish to God that I could keep this and make waffles for my kids in them, but clearly I'm not going to keep it. It's too ridiculous for that. But still, I mean, wow, this is, this is a product. Now, once I've completed my purchase at Lila's, I continue to zigzag uh, like I did last time. And the next store is called Corda Roy's. And this store is a store of beanbag beds. So you have a big beanbag that's all squishy. And then each beanbag has two beds inside. And I walk into the store, two beds inside that you can take out of the beanbag and use for, you know, people who come to sleep over, I guess. So I walk into the store and the woman is very excited to see me and she encourages me to sit down on one of these things. And I sit down on this enormous beanbag chair. I mean, it's like 10 times the size of the ones that you had when you were a kid. Well, I never had one, but some friends of mine had them you know, probably four to eight kids could sit on one of these beanbag chairs and watch television in their, you know, huge basement family room carpeted with, you know, the the huge 40 inch television set. 
And as you sit down on this thing, you are facing a huge 40-inch television set, which has on it a video of someone actually converting the beanbag into beds. And it's really funny because it's this couple, and the woman's kind of standing to the side, and the guy pulls off the cover, and then he whips the mattresses out and shakes them out and puts them down on the ground. And they're very, very soft looking. They look like something I wouldn't want to sleep on at all. But maybe a kid would want to sleep on it. In any case, this seems like one of those really retarded ideas that has gone too far. So far that now they have a store for it in the Mall of America. Now, I am truly reluctant to do anything about shopping here because they don't have anything that's smaller than a footstool. And I'm not sure that I can deal with this. I certainly can't carry it around with me right now, but I don't really feel like asking about returns or anything. And I'm looking desperately for like a little pillow or, or something. But what I think I'm going to do is I think I'm going to grab a postcard off of their counter and I'm going to call them. And I'm going to ask them over the phone about returns and maybe I can buy a footstool or maybe I can just buy a footstool cover and then return it. But I don't want to get anything too big because I still really want that bag. So anyway, we'll see. We'll see um, what I can do. But at the moment, I walk out of the store. But for now, I'm not going to do anything because I'm a little too overwhelmed by the size of these things. So I grab a postcard and I walk out of the store. I'm feeling a little discouraged about corduroys. Um, it's the first store where I have not been able to buy anything and I'm going to have to readdress this situation later. But for now, I go into Suncoast Motion Picture Company, which is next door and which has a huge sign that it's going out of business and they're selling off all their merchandise. In fact, they are not only selling off their merchandise, they are selling off the actual shelves in the store. So I guess if you were opening up a new store, you could buy all this shelving, which, you know, in some ways I'm kind of intrigued and kind of want to buy the shelving. It's kind of cool to think about buying all that stuff and doing something with it, but clearly totally impractical at this moment. Their CDs and DVDs are all on sale, and it's kind of funny because I don't know if all of the Suncoast motion picture companies are going out of business or just this one, but I actually applied for a job at a Suncoast motion picture company at Tyson's Corner Mall when I was a teenager and didn't get hired, but it's kind of weird to see it now and see it going out of business. It gives me kind of a strange feeling partly of nostalgia, but also, gosh, it makes me feel old. The, all their CDs and DVDs are on sale, not for very cheap, I don't really think, but whatever. And I start to just go through the racks, and I'm kind of on the late end. I would say that 80% of their stock has already been bought up. So there's not much to choose from, uh, even if it is only going to cost six or seven bucks. But I, I'm fairly diligent, and I pick out a few. One is a Charlie Sexton CD, which I think is hilarious. 
I think he's the guy that, you know, I remember watching videos of in the 80s. It could be wrong. Then there is a Rolling Stones sucking in the 70s CD. Then there's this alternative band that I've never heard of, but I kind of like the cover. But that's a dangerous road to go down, really. Uh, I'm not sure that buying something for its cover really ever turns out right. There's also a Brian Setzer CD, which might be interesting, but you know, I never really loved um, him or the Stray Cats. I think he was in the Stray Cats. So I put that one back too. Um, really, all that's left are just really, really bad things. So I go for the Rolling Stones CD, and it's marked down to 559, which is pretty good for that. It has a couple good songs on it. I know I'm sure the whole album is fine, but you know, it's got Beast of Burden and whatever. So, um, so whatever, that'll be good. I am now basically at the courtyard of the east entrance, but I do have to go to Swatch, which is right on the opposite corner. So I walk over there and I, I have a Swatch, which I love, but it's four and a half years old and it's looking a little ratty. It's a, uh, it's really cute though. It's a, um, cartoon of a dog with bones. And so there's a, on the face of it, there's a dog head in a super cartoony style. And then the hands of the watch are dog bones. And then on the sides, there's all different kind of drawings and it's blue. And I just really dig this watch. And Keith and Evan picked this watch out for me, you know, four years ago for my birthday. And I wear it all the time. I love it. But it's starting to to fall apart a little bit. The band is starting to to go. And so I've been thinking about replacing it for a while. But I go into the store and I'm looking around and I just don't see anything as cool as the one I already have. There's um, still some cute ones that I like a lot, but not nearly as much as this one. And so it seems silly to replace a, a watch I like better with something that I think is sort of marginal. I do find some sort of nicer looking ones, sort of classier, and I try some of those on. The sales people are super helpful and not too pushy, just nice, you know. And then I, I go back and I, so I've tried on some sort of classier looking ones with nicer bands and kind of a silver, whatchamacallit, crystal or whatever they call it. And then I go over and I try on a couple of the cuter ones and including this one that has sort of a cartoony thing. I don't even know what kind of animal it is. It's almost like a bear with these cute little ears, you know, in that super sort of Hello Kitty-ish Japanese anime style. And it's funny because, um, the sales girl, when I asked to see it, she says, oh, and it also comes with this cover and it comes, it's clearly for little girls because it comes with this fuzzy pink cover that goes over the watch and band with just a little hole cut out for the watch face, which I think is hilarious that here I am trying on something for 10 year olds, but I tried on and I don't like it as much. So I go back to the nicer looking ones with the nice bands and I pick out one with a blue rubber band and it's actually really nice and you know, I wouldn't mind owning it, but really I think 
that I'm going to take this home and, and then I'm going to return it because I, I think I'm going to wait it out till they have something as cool as the one that I already own. So I'm now officially in the courtyard of the east entrance. The Starbucks I'm not going to do because I already did a Starbucks. So I start making my way back towards the actual doors of the entrance, so away from the park. And I figure I'll do this and then I'll head upstairs. Unfortunately, the first store down the way towards the doors is the Rocky Mountain Chocolate Factory. So once again, I'm being tormented with chocolate, challenged beyond my means to resist. There's nothing but chocolate in here and they've got, you know, all different kinds of it. Truffles and chocolate bars and chocolate on a stick and, you know, nut clusters and all kinds of stuff. And um, I could get out of there by just getting one of these chocolate on a stick things. But at the last minute, my insane desire for chocolate takes over. And instead of buying a little one of those, I go back and I buy a whole dark chocolate bar. And it's a pretty big bar. Not quite as big as the lint bars were, but still pretty big, big enough to torment me for a number of days, even if I go slowly. And I keep thinking about that woman who works at lint part-time who's gained eight pounds from working there. And I'm thinking that the same thing is going to happen to me just from doing this stupid project is that because I've been forced to buy things in these chocolate stores that I'm going to end up gaining weight from doing this. It's so stupid. I should be losing it from all the exercise of carrying all this crap around. But instead I'm buying chocolate bars and working it, you know, right back onto my flabby rear end. In any case, I buy the chocolate bar and I resist the urge to tear it open right there and have a piece. I throw it into the swatch bag and, and try to ignore it. Next to Rocky Mountain Chocolate Factory is Haagen-Dazs, but I can't buy anything there. They don't have any bags. They just do ice cream cones, so I skip that, thankfully. And then I come to Minnesota Bound with Ron and Raven. I don't really know what this store is about, except it's clearly another one of these Minnesota shit stores. Minnesota-themed crap. Uh, it's got, you know, all the hunting ducks and the fish thermometers and all kinds of stuff like that. And I'm really feeling lost at this point. I feel like I came today, I got a good parking space, and that I've blown it. I've blown my good juju at this point. Maybe it's because of the stores. Maybe it's because maybe I'm sick of it. Maybe I'm sick of shopping. I don't know what to do. I find myself wandering around trying to figure out what I could buy that I wouldn't have to return because I'm just, it's kind of a small store. I envision that this woman works there every day. I'm sick of buying kitschy stuff just because it's kitschy. I think I got that out of my system with the shot shell toilet seat last time. And I also, at the same time, am mad at myself because I'm feeling like a chicken because I just, 
I no longer want to actually play the game of buying this stuff and, and really returning it. I'm starting to get lazy. And this is what happened last time. So I'm really infuriated with myself. And I continue to be infuriated with myself as I pick out a bar of antique lilac soap and go over and buy it. It's a $5 bar of soap. What am I going to do with a bar of antique lilac soap? Can I return it? I doubt it. Uh, I just don't want to buy a wooden duck. I don't want to buy something with a moose on it. I don't want to buy a dumbass cookbook. And I don't want to buy anything with a picture of a Native American on it either. And that means that I'm pretty much out of options here. So I'm disappointed with myself. I bring the soap up. The woman at the counter goes, oh, this is such a great soap. It smells so great. And I mean, I like the smell of lilacs too. I'm not sure I need it overpowering my bathroom every day. But um, yeah, it's a pretty nice smell. A little flowery for my taste, but, but I like lilacs. I, I bought a lilac for my garden. I like them so much, but Jesus, a $5 bar of lilac soap that I can't return. I mean, I don't like it that much. I exit the store and I'm pretty mad at myself. I'm feeling lost. I don't want a repeat of the other day. I was so frustrated and I decide that I need to put the stuff that I have into a locker and start fresh, especially because that Hello Kitty waffle maker is really weighing me down and I would feel a little bit more free and maybe more open to possibility if I wasn't lugging it around. So I walk across the hallway just past the information booth and I go over and rent a locker. This makes me feel at least like I've accomplished something and now maybe I can find a groove for the day. And, you know, I've already shopped at five stores, so it's getting a little late to be getting into the groove of things, but I've got to do something to save myself from uh, the hell and boredom of not having uh, a groove I, I turn around once I've got my stuff in the locker and I am standing right outside of the underwater adventures entrance, which goes down into the basement. It's underneath the mall. Uh, and I think, well, why don't I go down here and maybe I can get something in the gift shop. And this will be, this will shake things up a little bit because I will get out of that retail store hell of, you know, ugh, another clothing store, ugh, another shoe store, ugh, another jewelry store. So I go down the escalator and they're doing construction everywhere and there's no way to get down to the gift store. I can actually see it when I le lean over the ledge downstairs. It's one floor further down, but the only escalators go up. So I go up to the place where you buy tickets to go into Underwater Adventures, which is an aquarium, I guess, and ask them if I can just go to the gift store. And they say yes, but they actually have to accompany me. So they take me to an elevator. They press in a special code that you need to use to go down in the elevator, just in case people are trying to sneak into underwater adventures on a regular basis. 
and she takes me down and she walks me through this whole thing where I guess it's at the end of the aquarium and kids can come out and play like madmen on these, you know, climbing things and, and, uh, walks me over to the gift shop and shows me how to get back out when I am finished. I'm having a lot of trouble in the store though, to really find focus here as well. It's like a toy store. So there's all kinds of stuff that Evan and Garrett would kind of dig having. And I'm just having this dilemma again of like, do I buy something that I'm not planning on returning? I mean, honestly, returning something to the store would be a huge hassle because I'd have to go and ask for permission again to go down there. They'd have to put in the secret code on the elevator, but I really don't want to spend much money. I mean, the kids have so much stuff. They don't need more toys. It's not like they won't play with them for five minutes, you know, at least, but, um, it just seems like they've got so much stuff. I don't need to buy them more stuff. And there's all kinds of stuff, but you know, you got to get one for each of the kids. And so then it's twice as expensive. I'm really flailing around. I find this magnet toy puzzle thing that would be perfect for Evan. Uh, It has a magnet base and then it has all these sharks and other fish that are magnets that are just these flat, you know, two dimensional little cutouts. And you actually build a little sculpture out of them on top of this magnetized base. And it's really cool. And Evan would dig it, but it's 12 bucks. And then I'd have to get something equally as cool for Garrett. That would make it 20 to 25 bucks. And you know, what am I going to do? I find these other little bouncy balls that have, some of them have sharks inside them and some of them have turtles. And I test it out And it does actually bounce pretty well. So this is a possibility. There's no price tag on it, but I figure it can't be more than a dollar or two each. Just keep wandering to see what they've got. They've got all kinds of stuff, including a bunch of Nemo stuff, which I think is they're kind of ripping off Nemo. But then I end up over in the more cheap toy section. I find these pens, which are really hilarious, and they're called squishy scribbler pens, alligator pens. There's also some lobster pens, but I like the alligator ones better. They're soft and squishy, and they've got, you know, their four legs coming off, and at the end of the tail is a pen with a cap that you can take off. And they both really like drawing and writing and stuff like that. So they have them in red and green, which is great, because green is Evan's favorite color and red is Garrett's. So, and they're only $2 each, they're $1.95 each. So I decide that this is a really good present for them and $2 each, I think we can afford it. I know it's another $5 of something I'm not going to return, but I just feel like this is a good solution to this situation. Now at this point, I don't know what to do. I really should go upstairs and start shopping up there. I'm really hungry though, and I am still feeling a little at loose ends. And I've been trying to keep myself from going back to Tiger Sushi because I spend too much money on my lunch there. But I'm really starving and I don't have anything to eat and I don't want to eat junk. And so I find myself going back upstairs and walking um, halfway around the mall 
back to Tiger Sushi just because I'm hungry and I need a little sustenance. I need a little inspiration. Maybe this will bring me back to the early days when this was so fresh and new for me and I had a kind of joy in doing it. I know that things are bad when the waitress recognizes me and asks me if I already know what I want to order. And I say no, and then she asks me what I want to drink, and I say green tea. And she said, hot, because every time I ordered green tea before, she thought I wanted cold, but now she remembers me. And I feel like I'm a regular. It's kind of weird. It's it's really, I, <laughs> it's kind of bad. But what are you going to do? Um, I'm going to go for something cheaper on the menu because, you know, I am trying to watch what I'm spending. Uh, so I order a caterpillar roll and I ask them to hold the cucumber because I really hate cucumber in sushi rolls. It's just, you never do it in Japan. It's just a weird thing that they do here. They put all kinds of junk in sushi that they would never put in sushi over there, like avocado and things like that. But I happen to like avocado, whereas I just can't get used to the, the taste of cucumber or the crunch of cucumber in sushi that's supposed to be kind of soft. So I sit down and I wait for my food, and then I remember that they have these little fortunes in the chopstick holder. And so this is kind of exciting. This is fun. And I pull out my fortune and it's got a lot of white space on it, so I don't know what it's going to say. And then I read it, and it says, No fortune for you. You have been naughty. I can't believe that I'm being told that I've been naughty. I don't think I've been naughty at all. Maybe I have been naughty for coming back here and eating again, so maybe they're right. Maybe I don't deserve a fortune today. But I'm kind of disappointed, too. I really wanted a fortune and I really wanted the sushi. When I'm done with my lunch, I decide to cut back through the park to go back and just start in on the second floor of the east side. I'm not relishing the thought of this because I don't really, oh, it's just going to be more of the same. And I, I just don't, I need some passion here and I just am lacking it today. So I cut through the park, and I'm just resolving to grin and bear it. When I realize that I have not shopped at most of the stores in the park yet, so they have all these little retail stores within the park itself, and I, I shopped at the cool shop on my first day, uh, and I got that Cheerios pillow, which was kind of cool. So I think, well, maybe I'll just do some of these stores on my way over there. And that'll be a good way to sort of do something a little different. So I go into the general store, which is the first store I come across in the park. And the park is mobbed today. I think that a lot of schools are getting out because it is really filled with screaming people and kids running everywhere. I'm sure it gets more mobbed than this, but compared to what it has been lately, it's really crowded. The general store seems like it will offer some relief from this uh, chaos that I'm walking through, but in fact, it turns out to offer more of the same kitschy garbage that I have 
seen at every Minnesota-oriented gift store in the mall so far. And I'm flailing madly uh, in this store. I, I just, should I get the ugly water pitcher with the ladybugs stuck all over it? Or should I get a little duck-shaped uh, sign which has a space where you put your house number in it? There's so many options. There's a woman who's actually returning one kitschy, ugly piece of crap vase for another one because she didn't like the first ugly, kitschy thing, and now she she prefers the second ugly, kitschy thing. I personally can't really tell the difference. Ladybugs, flowers, whatever, man. It's all the same to me. And I, I feel myself getting negative, but not negative, negative enough to actually do something about it and, and get nasty, you know, with the stuff that I'm choosing, I just feel beaten down by it at this point. I circle the store three or four times, really unsure what to do. And I finally, um, stop in front of these, um, what there are called Laney's ladies and they're called adornments for the home. They're these little like pictures of women shaped like little angels with like butterfly wings and flower wings and things like that. And, uh, and they've got, um, you hang them. So they've got a beaded top. So you, you, you hang it on the wall or something or in a doorway or something. And they all have dumb little things that they say on them. And I pick out one which I can't really quite figure out why I'm drawn to this, except it's just so weird and weird that someone would hang this up in their house. But this woman has sort of a half shirt, you know, it's, it's, she's, she's a fairy and she's got these flower petal shaped wings and her shirt goes just under her breasts. And then she's got a skirt that starts you know, well below her belly button. And, uh, it probably is about where like a maternity skirt might start. If you had one of the ones that went under your belly instead of above it. And there's a big heart on her belly and her hand is halfway down her skirt. And she says on her skirt, there is writing and it says a man should kiss his wife's navel every day. I'm Wow. I mean, what can you say after that? There's that really pretty much sums it up. So I think that this is what I'm going to buy because it's the only thing I can focus on in this entire place. So I have to admit, I'm feeling a little disillusioned. I thought that the, the mall, the park at the mall of America stores would rejuvenate me a bit, but so far, not so much, but I keep going and I go into outfitters and this is just a smaller, kitschy Minnesota junkie store. And, uh, you know, I think, all right, I'll do this again. And then I come across this box in the corner and it's filled with different colored stones. And then they have these little velvet bags and there's a sign stuck into the stones, which says, go ahead, start digging. One bag full, two ninety-five. You have to be able to close the bag. 
and I realized that what you're supposed to do is pick out all the stones that you want, fill this little velvet bag with them, and buy them for $3, which this seems like this kind of strangely charming little find for me, and I feel almost like it's a good luck talisman, and I'm really excited. This first one that catches my eye is a kind of tiger-striped yellow-gold stone, and then they've got these red and purple stones, which are really vibrant. They've also got black stones with white markings, and I get a couple of those, one with a ton of white markings and then one with only a few. Um, there's also a nice blue one. I get all these stones and I can close my bag. So I bring it up and I say, do I have this right? You just fill up your bag and it's two ninety five. And she says, oh, you could fit more into that bag. Look, at least one more. Go on, go back. And so I go back and I find another stone, which is pure black with just one streak of gray in it. Um, and I add that one in and I, I close it and I could probably get one more small one in, but I'm not feeling greedy. I'm feeling like, um, this is kind of a weird little special gift for me. And maybe this turns my day around a little bit in a nice way. I, I don't know. It just feels like kind of a strangely special moment to get this little velvet bag filled with these stones. Really nice. I'm glad I found this. Now, I feel fairly rejuvenated by finding the stones. Really kind of good. And uh, so I decide that I'm going to finish up the stores in the park. And the next one that comes up is the character store. And this has to be a store that used to be called the Camp Snoopy store before Charles Schultz and the Mall of America parted ways. Um, the park at Mall of America used to be called the used to be called Camp Snoopy, but they couldn't come to a financial agreement with them anymore. So last, I don't know, December or January, they had to strip the park of all the Camp Snoopy stuff and stop using their logos and uh, they replaced it with the park at MOA. They're still allowed to sell peanut stuff, but they're not allowed to use it in their logo or on any of the rides, which to me seems like a big loss for peanuts more than anything, since this did a lot to propagate peanuts in an era when they are not the only thing going anymore. Uh, but whatever, I'm not, you know, it's not my company. Anyway, they've got all kinds of funny stuff in here. They even have some other characters represented, but they, they focus on peanuts mainly. I find in the back, in the clothing section, the, these funny girls' underpants, which I find are, maybe they're girls, maybe they're grown-ups. I, I can't tell from the size. They look kind of like something teenagers would wear. But there's one pair which has Lucy on them, which say, I like talking. And it reminds me of this episode of Rescue Me that was on last night where um, the Dennis Leary character meets this really young girl who's, you know, probably in her early 20s and he's 45 and he go, goes home with her and she can't stop talking and he goes down on her and, and she still can't stop talking and he finally stands up and he goes over the, the, uh, the drawer and he rifles through her drawers and um 
he finds a thing of tape and he comes over and he's clearly going to tape over her mouth. And for some reason, this pair of underpants calls up this, uh, this episode of rescue me just as I'm looking at it. And the fact that it might be for teenage girls kind of weirds me out. Um, they also have other underpants, which say talk is cheap, C H E E P. And then there's another pair that has a picture of Snoopy booting, Charlie Brown in the rear end and all his clothes flying off. And it says, sometimes there are things. And on the back, it says, you just can't resist doing. So I kind of hope that these are for adults because they seem a little adult, I guess, in their humor in some way. In any case, I find my way to the t-shirts and there's one that I kind of want. And it is a t-shirt with Snoopy on it. And it says, I love to hear them beg. And Snoopy has a dog food dish in his mouth. Um, and I don't know, I think it would be kind of funny. But I look through and they don't have any that are large or extra large. So, um, you know, I can't deal, I can't do small or medium. I know that. So then they have this other one, which is long sleeve. So, you know, I, I kind of wanted a short sleeve one, but it's, uh, vintage peanuts is what it says. And it says since 1950 and it has a great picture of, um, Snoopy on it. And you know, I, it's pretty nice. So I'm going to go ahead and get that one. I'm not going to try it on, um, partly cause I don't want to want it, but it seems like a pretty good way to go in here. Now I'm making my way around the park and the next store that I get to, which I think might be the last one there is in here, is called Toys, Toys, Toys. And I'm, I have the problem that I have in every toy store, which is that I actually would love to get Evan and Garrett some stuff, but they have so much stuff, you know, same thing like with the Underwater Adventures store. There's all kinds of stuff in here. There's Thomas the Train stuff, but Garrett isn't that into the Thomas the Train stuff anymore. Um, they've got all kinds of little toys. They've got tons of Batman stuff, but Evan has so much Batman stuff. I finally decide on these paper ray guns. I'm a little unsure though, because it says ages six and up, but they're kind of cool. They're just these gun type things where you press the button and this roll of paper shoots out. Um, it's kind of spiraled on the thing and it says that it reloads itself, which would be awesome. And it's funny cause I remember having like a real moral problem with that marshmallow shooting gun at that other store. And for some reason, these don't press my button in that way. And maybe it's just that I'm a total hypocrite, but it seems more like these are meant to be like space blasters. And that one was actually, that one was actually looking like it was like a machine gun or something that someone would really use. This feels more like, Oh, I'm pretending that I'm a spaceman, you know, and God knows that Evan and Garrett play with guns, you know, all the time they make them out of Legos, you know, it's somewhat disturbing to see your, you know, not quite three-year-old say, look, mommy, I made another gun. And, um, you know, <laughs> he's a little young for the talk about, you know, about what guns really do. I've had that talk with Evan, but, uh, yeah, it's a dilemma that, um, you know, all modern, um, 
bleeding heart liberal parents have at some point or another. But in any case, I buy the paper ray guns. I'm a little nervous about them because they're ages six and up. And I am a little nervous that like this could hit Garrett in the eye and kind of hurt him or something. Um, so I'll probably take these back, but I know they would really dig them if I didn't. Now I find myself all the way around the park and I think I've done all the stores because the next one I come across is the cool shop and I've already been there. And I realize that I could go and buy a couple more game tokens and go back to the fortune teller and get my fortune told again. And I said that I wasn't going to do it again because I finally got the fortune I really wanted. But I'm kind of tempted because that fortune at Tiger Sushi was pretty unsatisfactory. So I wander over and I buy some more game tokens and I, uh, and I go to the fortune teller and I put my tokens in. And t today, apparently, my, my lucky color is red. I'm not sure quite what to do about that, but um, we'll see if any opportunities come up to, to um, use red or wear red. However, this is my fortune for the day. You have been thrown into the spotlight and must show your true grit. The diamond cannot be polished without friction, nor the man perfected without trials. This is more than a learning experience. It is a true test. The ultimate measure of a person is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. When you make that difficult decision for all or nothing, you might feel you need some help. Man becomes the master of difficult situations by refusing the assistance of weak persons. He relies on his own strength of character. This will win the day for you. I mean, that's kind of interesting because here I am having this really tough time today and, um, you know, tough time sort of getting back into the project and it's talking about how I have to show my true grit and that the man is not perfected without trials and it's more than a learning experience. It is a true test. And I, I feel that. I really feel that. So I, I don't know. I, I'm glad I got this fortune. I, I'm, I'm feeling, I feel like it was the right thing to do to go to the fortune teller again. Now I'm feeling pretty done here, but I do remember that Coldwater Creek was opening yesterday and I should really go and hit Coldwater Creek before I forget to go back and do it later. So I walk over towards Lego World, which is um, right next to where Coldwater Creek was going in. And I walk in the store and I'm immediately greeted by someone who says, hello, how are you? I say, yeah, I'm fine. She says, it's only our second day. I think that's really, um, great. <laughs> um, the store is filled with new merchandise and the place is, it's kind of funny. I'm sure it's a store where I will probably end up shopping when I get older. It's a little bit of the J. Jill market, but not quite as bad. What it is, is these sort of, it's, 
a store that makes you believe that there is a world where everything is made of hemp and there's always the fine scent of your garden flowers in the air. There's always a beautiful breeze blowing through your screens onto your porch where you are sitting sipping lemonade. Um, this is the kind of place it is. And I can imagine myself a little older, you know, a little more whatever, not feeling quite so cool and just needing, just wanting to be in my garden and whatever, wearing clothes like this. Now I wouldn't wear wear them now, but I, I could see down the road becoming this person. Although I am not convinced that I want to become this person. I just can see that there's that possibility out there in the air. Who knows? Maybe I'll lucky and I'll be rock and roll forever. But in case I don't, I know there's Coldwater Creek and I can come back. There's no chance I'm going to try on clothes in here today. I'm just not in the mood. Don't really want to be that person now. And so uh, I start looking there at their merchandise and they have these really attractive candles. I'm usually not a candle person, but they're very tall and they're shaped like teardrops and um, they're quite beautiful. And as decorations, if you had two or three of them, they would be really nice additions to, you know, a table or something. But I keep wandering around. I'm not in the mood for handbags today. Then I find these placemats that I like, and they have this interesting scent. Um, they smell a little bit like the lilac soap I bought earlier. And they're called a Zen home product and they are made with vet vetiver vetiver v-e-t-i-v-e-r I've never heard of it a deep growing and naturally aromatic root endowed with a magical stress relieving aroma it is also used by the Zen Zen Forest Conservation Club and other environmental projects to protect deforested land from erosion so these placemats, I would actually like to own these placemats, although the smell is a little overwhelming in the way that that soap is. So I might get a little bit sick of it, but they're, they're kind of nice. They're very hempy, um, you know, super like I'm the environmental queen and I'm going to save the earth by buying these placemats made of something I can't pronounce, but they're very attractive and I think it would be nice to own them and it'll be fine to return them as well. While I'm checking out, I mean, everybody at this store, it's like everybody has this positive attitude like you would not believe. It's like a world of possibility out there because it's the second day since they've been open. And they all, they're obviously all newly hired and they just feel fantastic about working at Coldwater Creek. And, um, it's really odd. It's just an environment you don't come into in a retail kind of situation very often, even at Walmart, you know, there's some kind of disillusionment there tainting the big smiles, but here it's like, it's real and you can just feel it. They've got all kinds of more stuff at the counters that I look at while they fumble around trying to figure out how to work the registers properly. And, I wish that I had caught these stones before I decided on the placemats because they have a bowl, a fish bowl type thing full of rocks 
and they all have words imprinted on them. And the words, uh, you know, each one has one word. And some of them are like laugh, friends, smiles, harmony, hope, imagine, create, believe. I'm, I mean, this is, I guess, who you become when you wear clothes by Coldwater Creek. And I, I find it a little bit ugh, creepy. Um, and at the same time, I clearly find it kind of compelling too. Uh, you know, I happen to have a bag of rocks in my bag at the moment. So, you know, clearly they're not that far off. Uh, but, um, boy, I, I wish I'd found those rocks first. Cause I, I think I would have bought those instead. Well, I think that that is enough for the day. I think that any more shopping and I might blow the slightly more positive note that I've been able to attain here today. I think that the Coldwater Creek ending on that note was good. And I'm really, I'm really happy about those rocks that I got. I'm, I think I'm going to keep them, you know, in a special place and they're just going to be my, um, they're going to be my good luck charm. It's a little bit like, um, I was cleaning out my office at the end of the school year this spring and, uh, it, it was somebody else's office last year and it was also kind of a, a junk dumping ground, I think in between that person and, um, being there and my coming in. So it was filled with all kinds of stuff. So I was cleaning out the last of that right before I was leaving for the end of the semester. And I, um, I opened up this little round wooden box or round cardboard box, I guess it was, and it was kind of heavy and I opened it up and it was filled with pennies. And I was thinking at the time that it's a little bit like finding your lucky penny on the ground, but this is like a whole, whole big box full of them. And so I put the cover back on and I put it in the corner of my office by the window. And I decided that that was going to stay there, that these were going to be my lucky pennies. And, um, and I wasn't going to clean those up. I was going to leave those there to bring me a little bit of uh, charm. And that's what I'm going to do with these stones. They're going to be my good luck charm for a little while. <laughs>